0: You're listening to the wildly creative women podcast your daily dose of inspiration creativity prompts affirmation rare stories of transformation and triumph you won't hear anywhere else and yes even mini audio courses filled with actionable advice from yours truly that you can't get anywhere else in order to help you find your voice and embrace your wildly creative heart as a woman and as a business owner. If you have ever dreamed of scaling your business, build on your creations without sacrificing your personal life or your sanity, you have definitely come to the right place, sister. If you've ever questioned if now is the time to scale up or perhaps even step away from it all, you're definitely in the right place. If you've ever suffered from burnout and you need some place to go for a daily dose of just peace and sisterhood and stories that are just for you, well, yes, you're still in the right place. So grab a snack, something to take notes, hopefully grab a cozy corner where you can just relax and be with us and then get ready because now we're gonna scale your passions with Serenity Sister and grow together through the Wildly Creative Women podcast. it's been a really exciting response to our last episode all about designing and planning your first formal VIP day. And if I'm being honest, I'm not entirely surprised. I mean, VIP days are a pretty hot topic right now. So let's keep it hot. (laughs) I am going to share some really really valuable tips for you today yes in regards to your vip days but more specifically we're weeding out the wannabes this is how to design a vip day application process that really works for you ask anyone who has ever offered coaching services before or at least a high-end retainer that's similar And they will tell you that a certain percentage of clients simply will not or cannot do the work. It's true and it's frustrating, but it's a reality. Sure, they love the idea of having a coach. They might know a good coach is the secret to business and life success. But for some reason, they just, they aren't ready. Maybe... They're not as advanced as they think they are and they choose the wrong program. This happens and it's a genuine mistake. Maybe they're simply professional students. (laughs) This happens a lot. There are, I think, a whole class of people that truly just love to learn and are somewhat addicted into buying courses. So maybe they're just simply professional students who never intend to build a real business, but just love to learn all about it. And whatever the case may be, because Lord knows there could be thousands of different reasons or versions, it's important that you eliminate these people from your potential VIP client pool. I am always trying to act like Mother Bear When it comes to protecting your time. That's the only non-renewable resource, sister. And it must be protected with fierce, fierce, fierce energy. That is the one thing that you will miss the most at the end. So that is the one thing I want to protect for you most now while you're working so hard to fight for the time of your clients. So Whatever the case may be, I repeat, it's important that you eliminate those people from your potential VIP client pool. And this is especially critical if you are hosting a group event. It will be uncomfortable for everyone if you have four clients attending and three of them are advanced students while one is just starting out, right? In addition, if you only work with clients who have reached a certain level of success, you'll need to eliminate those who simply just aren't a good fit for you. And here's a pro tip, okay? The ability to pay is not a good indicator of success. This is one of the most painful mistakes I repeated more times than I'm willing to admit, probably even to myself um, in, in my previous company. And I really would love to see you save yourself the overwhelming anxiety and pain of making the same mistake. So please, please, listen to me when I insist the ability to pay is not a good indicator of success or who will make a good client. Many people have and spend lots of money on training without ever doing the work required from the training program. And some give a crap and some don't. So you will drive yourself crazy if you don't accept the fact that having money is not an indicator or at least not the sole indicator of whether or not someone is a good candidate for your VIP days or for that matter, any of your one-on-one programs, right? So I want you to design your application process to self-select the very best of the best candidates based on the problem or the pain point you're looking to address with your VIP day and the solution that you can realistically achieve. There are some people you will realistically be able to achieve that promised result with and some that will dig their heels in and make it next to, if not entirely, impossible, which will reflect poorly on you, not them. And ultimately, that's your responsibility to weed those people out during the application process, not just theirs, okay? Especially when many of them don't have the self-awareness to be able to identify that for themselves anyway. And as a coach or the service provider, the expert that they're turning to, to spend potentially thousands of dollars with in just one day, you must step into the role of being responsible for that. All right, sister? So the easiest way to avoid clients who were not a good fit is to require an application before payment, okay? This can be as simple as a PDF or an email questionnaire or a Google form or whatever you want to use. Sometimes I use a Google form. Sometimes I use one of my ClickFunnels to do this so that I can bolster my CRM even further. But to be honest, even if I use the Google form, that information goes right into my ClickFunnels CRM anyway. So you can ask things like who and when have you coached with before. So if you're a coach and you're selling a coaching VIP day, right? Ask them who and when they have worked with before and what the results were. Ask what exact results they would like to achieve from their VIP experience with you. And also what types of business they have or have had businesses. Um, What have they done? What has been successful? Where have their struggles been? Try to collect as big and holistic of a picture as you possibly can, as it pertains to what you have to offer and the problem that you're looking to solve. Now, these will all give you a feel for the applicant and allow you to know ahead of time if he or she will be a really good fit for you, but you can help eliminate applicants who aren't a good match simply by changing some of the language on your application itself. So for example, you might ask about the applicant's current income, but rather than allowing them to write any answer in, give a list of choices. I really recommend this subtle but significant change, okay? So if you only work with people who are earning six figures and up, Then a conspicuous lack of those lower income brackets will be easy enough to make someone understand who's just starting out to maybe maybe they should think twice about applying. You know maybe this isn't quite the right program for them if they're making forty grand a year on their side hustle or whatever it is that you coach them about, and you know you're charging say seventy five hundred for one day. It might be pretty easy for them to figure out from this drop down list that starts with incomes over six figures that they're somewhat out of alignment here. Okay, so you can do the same thing with the language on all kinds of questions, right? Language is a portal, as Brene Brown likes to remind us. So if you only want to work with people who have a positive attitude, then you might ask. People to tell you about the best coaching experience they've had and why they loved it. Negative Nancy's will have a really difficult time answering that one and you'll be able to spot them immediately before they're able to sneak into your program and leave some kind of nasty review or potentially turn it into a vampire client that sucks the life right out of you. Hate it when that happens. And I'm here to give you the metaphoric garlic, so to speak. Okay. So even if you only invite your current clients to your VIP days so that you already know that you know them and like them, highly recommend this, by the way, still a good idea to have an application process in place and have them go through it. This is good practice for them. It's good practice for you. And it's another opportunity for you to fall even further head over heels in love with your processes. After all, VIP days are far more intense than say a monthly coaching program. So you want to be sure that all of your applicants know exactly what to expect from start to finish. And the best way to do that is through a formal application process. I hope I've been able to shed a little more additional light on how seriously you need to take all of the steps in the process of developing your VIP day. But when you do, sister, oh my gosh, will the results be amazing. Can you imagine what it would be like to go from you know, being burned out with boxer and constantly chasing people around and juggling between working in the business and on the business and pulling your hair out, working 60, 80, 100 plus hour weeks, trying to get this thing going or keep it running at the capacity that it's been, much less take it to the next level. My God, where will you find the time? VIP days, VIP days are the answer. That's how you scale these time consuming one-on-one services, my friend, if you can provide a highly valuable result in a short period of time that solves a seriously painful problem, my darling, it's time for you to start working three or four days a month directly with clients and making three to four times as much in a fraction of that time. I'll show you how to do it all along the way. Reach out to me personally. Drop your questions in the Wildly Creative Women Facebook group and reach out via email, social, whatever, which way you love to follow me. And of course, don't forget to hit that thumbs up love button and subscribe. It means so much to me to have you here and to have you a part of my growing, but really, really beautiful community of wildly creative women that are paving the way for the wildly creative girls that are so desperate for our strength in this increasingly crazy world. I love you for listening. How do you feel, sister? Have you had any shifts? don't forget the conversation really continues and heats up inside the wildly creative women facebook group and i would love to tackle any questions you have about today's show in there alongside the growing sisterhood of wildly creative women supporting one another and sharing their stories of triumph and tragedy through their creative pursuits if you have taken anything at all out of today's episode, it would mean the world to me to have you subscribe, like, and share. I love you so much for being here, and I'll talk to you soon.